The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'm absolutely delighted that you can be with us today, whether you're listening to the live show or whether you've downloaded it for later. Um, It's always nice to know that somebody's with us. Some time ago, I received a guest post for the self-improvement blog from a young musician named Jeffrey Straker. The article was really good, and I put it on the blog again today if you want to read it. The title is, Happy, Happy, There is Joy in Giving Away a Bit of Yourself. Now, take a look at that. While you're there, you can see his picture, his bio. There are some some of his music videos in the right uh, sidebar. Be sure you go there. You know, scroll down a little bit. Um, by all means, listen to Birch Bark Canoe. You will not get it out of your mind. It is just absolutely delightful. Um, in the article that I started out with here, in the article he talked about working with disadvantaged youth to teach them piano, which I find to be a really exciting program. And in that article, he asked the question, what would the world be without music? Now, actually, the question stunned me, and still after all this time, I can't imagine a world with no music. To me, music is food for the soul. I especially love the three Bs, Bach, Beethoven, and the Beatles. But I'm quite taken with the music of today's guest, and and you're going to understand why in, in a moment. Singer-songwriter, pianist Jeffrey Michael Straker performs over a hundred shows of his piano, folk, pop, cabaret music each year across Canada and works with disadvantaged children in the heart of the city piano program. His piano-based pop musical style has drawn comparisons to Elton John, Neil Young, and Rufus Wainwright. He has recorded for CBC Radio's Canada Live, had a music video in the top 10 on Much More Music, and in 2012 performed on tour in Africa. He's a classically trained pianist who, listen to this, holds a Bachelor of Science degree in plant biology. We're going to talk about that. Um, But before we talk, I want to play a part of one of his songs because I love the introduction and because he's a plant biologist, 
I chose his song, Botanic Gardens. Listen, and then we'll talk to Jeffrey Straker. my pleasure to say welcome to Jeffrey Straker. Jeffrey, welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. Thanks for having me on your show, Irene. Love that music. <laughs> Thanks so much. And we were talking before the show started about just a little bit of ragtime, and, and I hear a little bit of it in that song, and I, I absolutely love it. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Jeffrey Straker? Oh, who is Jeffrey Straker? Well, he is... Um, He's a singer-songwriter pianist in Canada, and um, I'm, a, I'm a pretty busy touring musician, and I, I, uh, I, I spend a lot of my time on the road, um, but I also have sort of learned over a while to, to make sure I'm getting enough time for myself amidst that crazy, hectic schedule to, to be able to you know, enjoy life a bit, too. Uh, I mean, I, I love what I do, but there's... There's something to be said about the value of a bit of breathing time, um, and it's actually funny because right now I'm 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 on a bit of a, a one month breather, which is a really rare gift I've given to myself through the month of January. But other than that, I'm a really busy on the road musician who absolutely loves what he does. You know, I I find that very wise because many people do not ever. Regardless of what their work is, they don't ever take time for themselves, and at some point they're in burnout. So I commend you for that. That's very, very wise. You grew up in a small town in Saskatchewan. What was that like? I mean, there's not much out there, is there? (laughs) There's not. uh, The the town, actually, you're absolutely right. It's a small town, 300 people, Um, and and I actually grew up on a farm beside the small town, so... um, the you know we I would go on a bus <clears throat> into the local school where I did my schooling, and um, interestingly, actually, the the school was about ninety percent or ninety five percent First Nations or Aboriginal kids or students. So um, I was definitely a minority growing up, um, you know, um, visual vi- visibly, um, and, and to the point where, like in our in our school system. In Canada, Canada generally has the school systems being bilingual, offering English and French. But in our school system, the second language that was offered was Cree, um, because 
because you know there were far more students who wanted who would you know would found some use in that. So it, it was it was it was a really interesting um, upbringing, and for a teeny tiny town, it actually offered a lot. Like there there were the sports you could do, you know, ice hockey in the winter and and you know curling in the winter. And all the regular things that you know American kids would do in the in the summer too, like baseball and you know just running around being kids. <clears throat> but the one thing that was really lacking, um, which links to kind of you know how you and I got talking in the first place, Irene, was that there was no arts program in the school at all. So how did you get into piano? Is this one of the things that your mother said you're going to take piano lessons? I don't care whether you want to or not. Or did <laughs> she, you want to? Yeah. Well, she she did at first. You know, she had to say that because I didn't. I mean, we had a piano in our house growing up, and my mom is a really good piano player. And you know, I would hear her playing, and I thought it was pretty cool. And my dad's a musician too. Um, so, mom made myself and my siblings all try piano lessons, and uh, my siblings didn't really take to it. But I. I really liked it. Like there was something about it. And, and what that manifested itself in was that I actually practiced and I, I practiced from the get go. And we, you know, when my teacher said I should be practicing 15 minutes, I was practicing about half an hour. Um, and you know, and it, and, and I'm, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of, I'm kind of competitive. You know? So, so I think that sort of laid into it too. Um, so, but the thing was, there was no arts in the, school system. So what happened was our local piano teacher, Mrs. Young, she would set up once a week in this house across the street from the school. And the deal with the principal was, if you had paid for your private lesson, you could just sort of walk out of whatever class you were in and go take your half-hour piano lesson. And I remember it was, it was five bucks. Uh-huh. But but my parents had to pay for it. And, you know, there were a lot of kids who, who couldn't. Like, their parents couldn't afford that. So I was really lucky. And then you took this a step further later, and, and you work with, we're going to talk about that a little bit. I want to talk about it at length. You remember what the lack of art felt like, I'm assuming. Yeah, absolutely, right? I mean, luckily for me, I, I found it. Like, um, I had a house, I lived in a house that really valued and encouraged music. Um, you know, just as, as kind of as a form of entertainment, but also as a kind of a form of self-expression and just kind of relaxing and getting into your own little space, right? Um, but, but, but in the school, like, there just wasn't much music or art of any sort. It was really funny. How did you get from a classically trained pianist to pop, piano, uh, folk, cabaret, a little ragtime? How did you make that transition? And how did you get from uh, being classically trained on the piano to plant biology? Oh, well, I'll try. I'll attempt to take that one step at a time and, and cut me off when you need to, to take a break or whatever. But I mean, <laughs> obviously my, my, my start was, was the regular classic, classical lessons. And in Canada, generally those are through the Royal Conservatory. Um, I'm sure America has an equivalent. There's kind of a standardized sort of series of lessons you take. And I really liked it. And I, and I studied repertoire and learned repertoire from all the, the, the big guns, like, you know, Bach, Beethoven, Mozart, Chopin, you know, all of them. And I was playing some really big works, right? Yeah, but, but you know, and then I, it was at that point when I kind of, I kind of burned out in in a way. I don't, I mean, I, I didn't burn out. I just, I had enough of it, and I realized I didn't want to be a classical pianist because it just wasn't what I wanted to be for, you know, to try to be for a living. So I was like, what do I want to do? And I decided I wanted to be a dentist. So I went off to. <laughs> Wow, and, and it's really funny now to think about it, right? But I went off to university, and I was taking all these sciences, and quickly realized, although I liked sciences, I didn't want to be a dentist. So, I just I finished my degree, 
which happened to be steering in the direction of you know biological sciences, and I sort of channeled it into plant biology because I, I always kind of like plants. Um, and so that's kind of how that happened. But obviously, at that point, I had this really robust piano training churning around in my brain and my and my heart. Right. Um, long story short, moved off to Toronto, got my first job, and it was there that I discovered this scene that I didn't know really existed because it wasn't really in Saskatchewan at the time, and it was the singer-songwriter scene. And it was all these people who could generally kind of play an instrument, but really had spent a lot of time wordsmithing and, and working on their, their poetry and setting that to music. And I thought, well, I've got a leg up here because I've got a lot of musical training. I want to try mucking around with this. And then, you know, worked and worked and worked and worked. And my first songs were horrific, you know, and then, you know, kept, kept, kept working and sort of spun it into what I'm doing now. Incredible. On that note, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about how you got your start in music. This is Irene Conlon saying stay tuned. We'll be back with more with Jeffrey Straker. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The challenges facing our teens today mean that more than ever, we need to be there to support them and encourage them. The Dr. Stem Show is here to provide discussions about topics that will help promote healthy relationships, self-image, and success for teens, parents, and the community. Our young people can achieve more in life than they ever dreamed possible. The Dr. Stem Show, hosted by Dr. Stem Malatini, will foster these discussions and encourage your participation. Listen every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, and 9 p.m. GMT on Voice America Empowerment. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Jeffrey Straker. He's a, a musician who does work with inner city youth. And we now have him. Um, he's a classically trained pianist. He got a degree in plant biology, and he has some really wonderful music. But before we get into how you got from college and classical music to where you are now, tell us how can people find you? I already know people want to say, how do I find this man, get his music? <laughs> well, it's pretty easy. I've got, on my website is kind of a, a good way into anything. So it's jeffstraker.com, J-E-F-F. S-T-R-A-K-E-R dot com. And, um, and all my stuff, so, so if, if, if anybody wants some of my stuff, they can sort of go through the, they can peek at the store there and find it. Or if they're just an iTunes person, they can look me up under Jeffrey Straker, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y. Very good. I will. I have. I have that link on the self improvement blog as well. So if you forget, just go back to the blog. Uh, I think it's in his bio. Uh, take a look there, and you'll find it. So you, you finished college. How did you? You're in with some people who basically write poetry. Not many are musicians, but you're a musician. How did you really begin writing music, and how did you know what kind of music you wanted to play? You're classically trained. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like, and it, it obviously with with um, popular music of any sort, like there's no handbook. There's no like it's no. it's not one of those career paths where you, where you can get the textbook and it says you know do this and you know you'll become a touring singer songwriter pianist like that that book doesn't exist so you kind of have to write it. But you it, didn't. You weren't even really into any one genre, were you? No, you're right. Like I, I what I had was my classical chops, and uh, that was about it. But but what I really enjoyed listening to was like, you know, popular music, but that really ranged. It, it ranged from, you know, Joni Mitchell to Neil Young to to Queen to, you know, you, you name it. I mean, there's all sorts of pop stuff that I like. Um, and the only way to kind of figure out what you're going to make on your own is to, is to try it and sort of see what comes out. Because as people, I find, as as musicians and songwriters, we're these funny filters and we're about like what we put out is a byproduct of what we've taken in, and I think on a subconscious level, uh, in things, music, sounds, experiences, it, it all influences us. And you can you can deliberately steer your output in a certain direction, but if you're really honest um, and have you know some allow integrity to do its thing and, and allow what comes out to just come out, that's how each person has a unique sound, you know, and it's. It's a pretty wonderful thing. So I just started mucking around at the piano, writing words that were meaningful to me. And uh, I've always sort of had the knack for putting, for making up music because I'd played piano so long. Making up music has always really come easy to me. But the making up the poetry part was brand new. So, so what that, was the first one that really got listened to? You know, it's a song of mine on uh, one of my first CDs, and it's a song called The Wonderful Mrs. Bell. And... And it's I actually, heard that one from somewhere. Yeah, it's on it's your on website. My, yeah, it's on my website too. And it's basically a song about this, um, an East Indian lady, the only East Indian lady, the only person who wasn't, you know, white or, or Aboriginal, who lived in my little town in Saskatchewan. And she was so different um, that people in that teeny town didn't know how to 
deal with that, that what they did was they just didn't talk to her. And, and it's this song about her, but it's amazing. It, it, was, it was my first realization about how writing a song about something really specific, like an East Indian lady in a small town, and giving it all sorts of detail and specificness, but how that can resonate and people translate that into their own story. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's one of the ones that at my concerts to this day still gets requested. It's, it's really funny. See, you're absolutely right, because everybody's had that time that there was loneliness. And, yeah. and that really, you know, that spells out loneliness. You know, it does, this yeah. This woman walking through town and nobody speaks to her for all those years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and, it's and, funny, like, I just had a chance to do a show with a symphony orchestra, and I had it arranged for orchestra, and it was, it was really powerful. Like, this, you know, this very simple message sort of being pushed out by a whole symphony. Sorry, now, this is the experience you had of playing with the full Regina Symphony Orchestra. Yeah, and then I did that. I did that tune with them, and then I did an, my second orchestra show just this past October, and we did it again. Um, and uh, it was a, it was a really wonderful experience. Yeah, you've had you've had a number of really cool experiences. Um, one that you talk about, and uh, this may be in something that you sent me. You recorded on Glenn Gould's piano. Yeah. What was yeah. that like? I mean, this man was a genius. He was a genius, yeah. And, um, you know, and really revered all over the world. I mean, and he's Canadian, so the, I have a, I, there's, a, there's a real sort of Canadian pride in, in, in him. And so when I was recording my last CD called Vagabond, which that Botanic Gardens tune is from, um, the producer that I hooked myself up with to, to do the recording, he said, wow, he said, you know, since you're a singer pianist, we should get you a really good piano. And he said, I know the engineer at the CBC. He said, we could get into the room where Glenn Gould's piano is. And I almost fell off my chair. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get in the room would have been enough, but then you're going to get to play it. <laughs> I know, and make our record on it. So it was pretty trippy. Um, and so we go in this big studio and there's, you know, the nine foot Steinway concert grand piano and, and he had it mic'd up with about, I think, 13 condenser mics all around it. And, you know, we made this recording and it was just the most beautiful instrument. And there was a sort of, sort of a, like a component of spookiness to the whole thing, because like in my mind, I was like, I can't, I can't imagine like all the works that 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 man had played on that piano, you know, and there I am like plunking away on my, my singer songwriter songs, but it was such a treat. Like it was just, just a wonderful thing. Oh, I can't even imagine. Um, I, I, I can kind of imagine, but yeah. uh, what a thrill. You talk about the Beethoven connection. Uh, this is a fascinating thing for me. What's your Beethoven connection? Well, it's funny because I didn't know about this, and I'm glad, uh, it, until a couple of years after I was actually done my, my formal studies at the conservatory. But <clears throat> what happened was the last professor that I studied with, um, I was with him for like three years. And unbeknownst to me, I, I, I didn't know about this Beethoven connection, but yet in competitions and festivals and various adjudicated sort of things, it would always seem uh, that I was always doing really well in the Beethoven categories. Like if I would play a Beethoven piece, I would always get really high marks and, and you know, I'd win the Beethoven categories. I wouldn't necessarily do as well in the other categories, but some about the Beethoven categories, it was always going to me. 
And so then a couple of years when I, after I'm done my classical studies, I'm emailing back and forth to you know, this guy who was also at, also at the conservatory. And he let me know that you know, if, if you go six degrees from me through, through student teacher, student teacher, student teacher, you get to Beethoven. And I thought this was the most, like, the most profound thing because I was like, how else can you explain why I was having this leg up in Beethoven classes, right? So, so my teacher studied with this guy named Thomas Mansart, who studied with this guy named Howard Wells, who studied with this guy named um, Lesha Tisky, who studied with Czerny, who studied with Beethoven. And it's amazing how the, 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 the playing style got passed down from teacher-student to me. It's, it's so strange. Um, probably not as strange as you think. But you, you can't go wrong being the winner in Beethoven. <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. No. <laughs> so we have you now. You've you've played with the symphony, <clears throat> but we kind of got ahead of the story, I think. When 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 you started getting some of your records sold, Mm-hmm. How long was it then before you went on tour? How did going on tour come about? How did you gather other musicians around you? I mean, I really don't know how all of this gels for somebody. Here, I am a singer-songwriter. Um, I play piano, but I need some backup. Yeah. I would have no idea where to start. Yeah. I guess well, if I was in the circle, I probably would figure it out. But Well, the, I mean, it's just that I, I just tried to figure it out. You know, even though I was kind of in the circle, I still didn't really know. And what I realized is that there had to be a big, at some point, there had to be a big leap of faith. And, you know, set aside the logistics of finding musicians to play with and, you know, booking, finding venues that will actually let me play, like all that stuff aside – Inside me somewhere, I had to just believe in me and be like, you know, darn it, Straker, you're going you're gonna to do this. So you're gonna you give- had to overcome a little bit of fear, I would guess. There, uh, he, there had uh, to be. He, yeah. Like How a the dickens do I make a living playing the piano when I'm a trained plant biologist? That's, that's exactly it, right? So I had to, you know, I had to give up my job. I sought my job, which had, you know, a regular paycheck and had some benefits. And I was like, okay, as of tomorrow, I'm going out on the road and I'm going to, I'm going to give this my best. And I, and I promised myself that I'm going to give it my best and it's either going to work or it's not going to work. But I can always I, go back to planting trees. Right. I've always got a backup plan. And I, at the, but I, what I just did not want to be was that guy or that, or that, that woman who, who everyone has run into at a, at a dinner party who is the woulda, coulda, shoulda person. And, and they're, they're like, oh, I could have did that or I would have done that. And like, they, they make me nauseous, those people. Um, because it's like, well, you know, if you could have, why didn't you just go try it? And I didn't want to be that person. So I was like, I'm just going to try this. And, uh, and I did. You know, I just went out and did my first tour. And, um, you know, results were, you know, good, not incredible, but, you know, promising enough to give me a little injection of, you know, what else might be out there if I sort of like steer my ship in a slightly different direction. And I just kept going. So did you have some kind of booking agent that booked your tour or did you find places on your own for that first tour? Nope. For the first tour, I found places all on my own. And it's really hard because no one has heard of you at that point. Yeah. And you're, you're this real sort of cuckoo salesperson. You're, you're selling someone on something that they don't know what it is. And they really don't care what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I gotcha. But you're selling it. <laughs> Lovely. On that note, 
We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little more about your program, your work with the, with the youth uh, and the piano. This is Irene Conlon saying stay tuned. We'll be back with more with Jeffrey Straker in a moment. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. We let so many outside factors mold and shape our lives. Technology, instant delivery. We live in an on-demand world. What's happened to the compassion, the kindness, a better pace? Listen to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. We'll bring that kindness and compassion back to our world. Our guests come from around the world and we'll discuss what's being done and what we can do to bring our lives back to order. Might Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Is there a real magic formula for success or is it something more? Does the divine nature within, when activated, become a powerful unified force that catapults an individual to greatness? Join visionary host Sharon Rose Washington, author, empowerment life coach, and energy healer to explore the answer to the big question of why we are here. She'll have amazing luminary guests ranging from business thought leaders to top celebrities. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What does creme de la creme mean? It's the greatness of living, the willingness to be the best. It's living beyond what you know is possible with no limitation. Access Consciousness presents Creme de la Creme, a program that empowers you to choose and create the life you would like to have and entices you into being who you are, not who others would have you be. It's the best of the best. It's the finer things in life. It's brilliant. It's fun. It's exciting. Join us for Creme de la Creme every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's one 888 346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self-improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the self-improvement show. Today we're talking with Jeffrey Straker, who's a musician with some quite lovely music. You can go to the self-improvement blog, go to this right sidebar and listen to some of his videos, watch them, and then go to his website because you're going to want to have them. (laughs) Before we went to break, we were talking about how Jeffrey got started on tour, how he'd made his transition from classical piano to, um, well, it's kind of, I don't know how to exactly name what his music genre is, but it's lovely. Um, Jeffrey, was there... Anything, and we talked a little bit about the fear that you had, you know, the all the what-ifs. Was there anything that pushed you over the edge and gave you a little kick in the butt that said, get going? Yeah, there there was one 
significant thing actually. And it, right before, right around the time when I was sort of going through this, the, the switch from having this job to thinking, hey, I want to be this, I want to go be a touring <clears throat> musician. Um, I went to visit with my, my, I went to visit a great aunt of mine in an old folks home, and I was with my my mom and her, and my grandma. And so the grandma that I was with was the sister of the great aunt in the old folks home, if that makes sense. So we go to visit, we go to visit Mary in the home and Mary has Alzheimer's. And the first thing I realized is that she no longer knows her own sister that we can see. Like she's not, it's she's like, there's just not, it's not triggering for her. And through the course of that visit, I had this crazy episode of like almost the, the fast forward of my life flashing before my eyes. And I just kind of thought, if that is like Alzheimer's and dementia is this crazy thing, and obviously you can't control it really. It sort of sort of taps random people on the shoulders as it wishes. And I thought, what what if I get it? And that's me when I'm eighty. Like I want to make sure, at least that the time between now and then is spent, you know, with the most sort of joy that I can possibly create. And that was like that was a big catalyst for me to be like, you know, darn it, why why wouldn't I go try to do this? thing yeah try to go do what i really 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 want to do and you know what like i said before the break like it might not work but it might and it was it was a really positive catalyst it was pretty it was so incredibly timed it was almost like a gift it was pretty crazy you know i i i can tell you what i think is the bigger failure you know whether you you know bomb out and have to quit or whether you don't try at all and not trying at all seems to me to be the biggest to be the biggest failure Absolutely. Because you know, at least if you've given it your best shot, you've given it your best shot. Yeah. You know? And, that's how you and can... maybe you can regroup and come back and do it another way and succeed. Yeah, exactly. You know? So we have you on tour. How did that tour go? Was it what you expected? You know, when you got back, were you energized and wanted to do it again on a bigger scale? How, how did that go? I mean, that, that's pretty much the feeling that I had, like I'm, I'm generally a cup half full kind of guy. So like I, I took away the, but, but I'm, but I'm also not a moron. So, so I, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't think you are. I took away the, the good bits, you know, and I thought, okay, here's what went well. Um, you know, I had, I, I actually had people show up. I actually had several dates lined up in a row, you know, several shows lined up in a row. And, um, and I did most of those shows, just with a small number of musicians, some of them were just solo, some of them were duo. And I, and I, you know, there were a lot of things I discovered about how to deliver my music, you know, on the road, on a small scale, and still communicate the crux of my songs. And, you know, I, it was sort of like, it was my first try. And when I came back from it, I thought, okay, you know, this, I'm now I've, I'm, I want to keep writing new songs and I want to make my next recording a bit better. And I want to, um, now that I've met a few people on the road, I want to hook up with them and do some shows with them. And, um, you know, it, it just sort of started to snowball. And um, there were some things that were awful too. Like, you know, like y- y- you don't make a lot of money. Um, you, you're sleeping on a lot of couches. <laughs> you're, yeah, really. You know, you're, you're, you're delighted when strangers offer you meals in their homes after a show. You know, like there's all this stuff where you're like, I went from having a job to being like, wow, I'm kind of begging for my supper. <laughs> I'm kind of homeless here. <laughs> I'm homeless. Exactly. But you know, you know, you take it in stride and, and um, you, you, you can look at all that stuff in a way where like, you're like, you're experiencing something that you never would have got to experience had you not made this decision. So, just enjoy it. Like you, there's nothing worse than trudging around with regret on your shoulders and like, like why second guessing yourself. Right. So I really embraced it 
and uh, I really, really liked it. And I, and I loved what I really discovered about myself is that I loved the constant change. Like I loved the different place each night, and I loved meeting new people each night, and I loved kind of not knowing what was going to happen each night. Like when you're when you're in a job job. I mean, sure, everything changes every day, but you're kind of going to the same desk and you're, you're you know, you're, there's a lot of constant about it. But but in this, like everything was, there was so much variation and I really thrived on it. So I kept going. And now you do about 100 shows a year. I do. And you have people show up. <laughs> I do. <Yeah. laughs> it's such a novel concept. <laughs> what a concept, actually. And... and and your your albums are, I'm assuming, doing quite well now. Yes, yeah. Like each one has done better and better and better, you know. So that's nice to see too. Because, like, like I said, like I'm a cup half full kind of guy, but I'm also not an idiot. Like I, I really do have enough wits about me that if that weren't happening, you know, I would have been able to look at it and be like, okay. I've Let's tried plant to, some trees, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's trees to be planted here, but you know, it's luckily, you know, I, I've not really looked back, and and it's it's been it's been pretty cool. What was your first record really to, or your first song really to to make it? To make it, you know, it was a song off my second CD, and it was a pop song, a piano pop song called "Hypnotized," and um, it's a very radio friendly pop song. And uh, it got some mainstream radio play, and it the music video that we made for it went into the top ten in Canada, and um, and it you know it was one of the ones that you'd do a show, and if you didn't play it, people would shout it out, and and it was just it was really oh, that's it was really, nice. It was strange. It was nice, but it was it was kind of strange. And I was like, wow, this is really weird. Um, but uh, but you know, it, it's neat because not every song can be like that, and not every song will be like that, and not every song should be like that. No. But, but it, but it was neat to have one like that because then you're like, okay, there's there's something in me somewhere that made that and it resonated with people. So, you know, it's a, it's a nice affirmation, I guess. And you can do it again. Yeah. You know, yeah. If you did it that time, you'll find another one that, that hits big. And my, my guess is, my heart tells me that, you know, it's just going to continue to grow bigger and bigger. And one of these days, you might even grace us with your presence in these states down below. Wouldn't that be? You ever going to do a tour down here? Well, I, I I'm sure I'll do a tour. I've done some I've done some like single dates. Uh, last year I did a, a single date in Hawaii and a single oh. one in Las Vegas. But I never I, I've never really done a proper tour. I'm, oh, I'm lying. In 2009, I did about nine shows on the Eastern Seaboard with this guy from Rochester, who's a wonderful songwriter. Um, but uh, I've never I haven't really been back since. It, it, there's all sorts of crazy issues with visas and all this oh yeah and probably unions and yeah all of that kind of thing we won't go into that exactly exactly how did you get involved working with um the heart of the city program tell us about that program yeah so the heart of the city program is this really unique program that that or opportunity that it lets disadvantaged kids generally from inner cities take piano lessons for free. And these are all kids who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford them, wouldn't be able to access them, um, but all have a zest for music that they've, you know, they've, they've sort of sought out this program and sort of on their own 
with with a fair bit of commitment, sort of pursued some music lessons. And I heard about this program in Regina, Saskatchewan, where I've <clears throat> spent a lot of time um, and near Saskatoon and in you know in, in the prairies. And um, I thought, what a great thing! Because if we sort of flash back to what I was talking about earlier, in that in my school system growing up, there was no arts program, and it was my parents being able to afford private lessons that allowed me to find this thing that I've now dedicated my life to. Like I sort of look at these kids in this program and I think, you know, the next great musician might be here. And that, that and it might not, it doesn't even matter. The next, a person who really just loves to play and is figuring out how to play by this program might be here. And all that program needs is me to give a bit of my time away. Did you have them go with you when you went to the symphony? Did they pl- they played somewhere with you, but I they, couldn't qu- quite figure out where. That, yeah, well, they played with me not at that concert, but after I did a work, I spent a day doing a workshop with them mid last year, and um, what we did is we wor- we wrote a song together because when I'm with them. We're, we're, we're sort of learning new piano techniques, but we're, I'm also introducing them to really rudimentary ideas about songwriting. And it's a, it's a neat concept for them because a lot of kids have heard about piano lessons. Like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, yeah you, go to, you go to your piano lessons. But not a lot of kids have, been, have thought of, oh, I could write a song, right? So I want to introduce them to that idea. So we wrote a song together. And then uh, about two or three nights later, I had a concert and we arranged to have like three or four, I think four extra pianos in the room, a couple on the stage, a couple just in front of the stage, and we put three kids per piano. And so, you know, um, I think there were 12 or 15, I forget how they ended up, but a lot. A lot of kids, we all played this song together, and they had never performed before, really. And uh, they just loved it, you know. What and, uh, fun! They got a standing ovation, and the audience went crazy, and um, they were just beaming, you know. It was, it was like this really high point in their lives. And, and I was like, Oh God, all this took was like me giving a bit of my time doing a workshop and then having them come in and play for five minutes, you know, like it, it was really not a lot, but it meant a lot to them. So it was really exciting. But you know, one of the greatest sources of happiness is doing something for someone else. And you may have given a whole new life to some of these children who otherwise would not know about their love for music or their talent for music. Well, it, it's, it's really funny. Like, I, I, I think I really underestimated. I mean, I, I thought I knew. Um, I thought I understood the power of the, this program, which, I mean, I didn't think of this program. I, I just found it, and I, and I hats off to the people who created it because it's wonderful. But um, I decided to get involved with it. <clears throat> and I was in a shopping mall out there, I don't know, maybe three or four months later. And this one kid came up to me and he he was like, hi, hi, Jeffrey. And he was talking to me and I was like, for the life of me, I cannot remember who this kid is. And uh, his parents were with him and they said, oh, you know, you worked with so-and-so on the on the Heart of the City program. And I was like, oh, that's amazing that, you know, this kid remembered who I was and came up to me. And, it, and when I thought about it after, I thought that's, I think that's just a reflection of how um, important that moment was to the kid, like not necessarily, it wasn't, I, I didn't take it as anything about me. It was just like this kid had this experience and, um, and it really hit home somehow. And, and that was, it's like, j- exactly like you said, like just sort of realizing that hel- you've helped someone create a really important moment. It's, it's, 
it's it's sort of a joyous thing. It's a joyous thing, and on that joyous note, we're going to be going to break. We'll be right back with more with Jeffrey Straker, so stay tuned. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Have you ever felt that it's time to get out of the box? Why are you putting that project off? It's already there in your mind. What are you going to do today to change your life tomorrow? Listen for Live Your Life with Melissa Brown. Get ready to expand the capacity of your heart and mind. Move yourself beyond the mundane and get prepared to do what you've been called to do. There is no time like the present, and the whole world is waiting for you. Tune in Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get ahead in business and life. Read Getting It Done, 1,000 of the Best-Kept Secrets for Success in Business and Life by John Capozzi. Learn how John, a successful Connecticut businessman, obtained 13 corporate promotions in 13 years. This book makes a fantastic gift for anyone who wants to get ahead in business. Voice America will donate a portion of every copy sold to the USO. Visit gettingitdone.com and enter promo code VA1234 at checkout to get a 10% discount. That's gettingitdone.com, promo code VA1234 for a 10% discount today. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. Today we're talking to Jeffrey Straker, who's a songwriter, pianist, um, have had a wonderful conversation. We're going to be doing this last segment a little different today. We're going to end with one of his songs so you can hear a little bit more of it. Um, so, you know, when we start to play the music, you want to listen to this one because it's really very special. Um, we've been talking about Jeffrey's involvement with a program called the Heart of the City program where he te- helps teach young underprivileged Ah, my tongue's tangled up. Young people who who are disadvantaged to play the piano. Um, How has that impacted you, Jeffrey? You know, it's it's funny because I didn't realize. Like my objective going in was, I was just thinking, you know, I just I have I have some piano skills, and and these these kids are little sponges, and I can see this, and, and if I can offer them something. Great. Um, and so in the process of doing that, what I didn't expect was how 
much happiness I would get out of it. And it sounds a bit hokey, but, but hear me out. Like, um, I went in and I was literally, I had this lesson sort of plan made up and I was like, well, I'll teach them this, this chord and this chord and this progression and we'll do X, Y, and Z. Um, but I could just see them soaking this stuff up. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many kids out there who are in music lessons and, and, and hate it. <laughs> Their parents yeah. Are, yeah, mom. <laughs> for God's sake, get me out of this lesson. But you know, but these kids weren't like that and they, they just loved it. And it was neat to think like, I was like, wow, I've got this stuff in my head that I can give these kids and it just revs them right up. And, um, for me, like being the, doing the hundred shows a year that I do and with all the administrative work and whatnot that goes along with that, my spare time is pretty precious. And, you know, I try as best I can to hook up with friends when I can and hang out and all that stuff. So it's my spare time is, is, is rare. But what I realized I hadn't been doing was I hadn't been using any of my spare time like this until I got involved in this program. So here I am volunteering, giving these kids some free piano lessons. And I realized, you know, I was like, God, this just feels so good. And the uh, gave to you. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was just, it was pretty cool. So, I mean, that's why the, the, the two first words in the title of the, the guest blog post I sent you were happy, happy, because like, I just sort of discovered this thing. And like, it was so, it, it probably seems ridiculous for, for people to hear like they're like of, of course it is but like I really discovered like wow you can give yourself a bit of yourself away and just like give it away and throw it into the universe in a positive way and it actually feels pretty good so and that actually, was the big- it, it all comes back it <laughs> does it, it demonstrates the what goes around comes around in such a good way now I'm yeah. going to ask you this question that you had in your article what would the world be like with no music Oh, I mean, I've struggled with this one. I, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine, but I can. I mean, I, I can't imagine because, especially for me now, having dedicated so much of my, my life, like my my breaths and my my waking hours to learning or making or performing music, like the idea that if it if that if that wasn't if that if that wasn't what I was doing, or if that if I couldn't even have a soundtrack, if I chose something else, if I couldn't even have a soundtrack to that, it just like the level of boredom and slash sadness. Like I I don't even think I could pretend to quantify it. It just seems unfathomable. It it, it would almost be like, I mean, it's maybe not the same thing, but because there are people out there who are colorblind. And, and can't see colors, and they see everything in black and white. And I think, having seen colors, like, in a way, I mean, I don't feel sorry for them, but I really I really wish they could experience color. But they don't know what they're missing. Um, us having experienced music to everything, events in our lives have a song, and whether it be a wedding or a, a date or a dinner or an anniversary or whatever, it, it, we've experienced that. If you took that all away, it's almost like removing not just the color, but like the depth or something. Like it just, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, I, I have no talent whatsoever, but I love, I mean, I don't, I've tried to play the piano. I, I've tried to play, I played the saxophone in this high school band, but I wasn't all that good. I mean, I really have no talent. I can't sing. I can't really even keep time to music. I can't dance, but I love to hear it. I love it. Yeah, it's you know, so it's, human. It it's just a part of of living. 
Uh, and I, I truly cannot imagine not having it. We're, we're right up to the point that I, I want to play this song of yours. Um, how did you come to write Rosetta Stone? That's what we're going to play. Where did you get the idea for this? I mean, I, I want people to listen closely to the words because it's quite enchanting. Well, the 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 the, the sort of obvious <clears throat> metaphor in the title is like the actual Rosetta Stone. Right. You know, is the stone where you know it has the key that links several languages together. But it's kind of cryptic. Like it took a long time for for someone to find it and then figure it out. Um, and I kind of sort of think of perhaps a human heart as the same way. I mean. It it takes a long time to figure those things out, and it takes a long time to find one that matches, um, you know. And uh, they're they're very special, specifically written little works of art, and uh, I think with, they, they need a lot of deciphering. With that, Jeffrey, I want to thank you for being on the show today. We're going to close by saying come back again next week. It's been wonderful having you with us, and now let's listen to Jeffrey Straker's Rosetta Stone. Deep down inside it hides My soul's precious Rosetta Stone How would it say about being in love how was it say about being alone? Scrolled on the walls of my heart In a tomb's ancient art Answers to the riddles that I bleed Oh, that may be all my kind Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. 
Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.